Tonight's very special edition of One Shining Podcast mm. is brought to you by One Shining Podcast. Us, Tate, we just witnessed. First of all, I'm going to dress the elephant in the room. Our voices are completely shot. Completely. You guys can hear it. Um, you're going to hear Tate start talking here in a second. Blame Sneaky Pete. There you go. Our voices are completely gone. We've spent six days here in Minneapolis, um, and this is what we have to show for it. So there's that. Uh, but Tate, we, we are recording this right on Monday night. It is actually spilled into Tuesday morning at this point. We are back in my hotel room. It is past midnight. Mm. The Virginia Cavaliers are national champions. And beyond that, you and I basically memed Virginia to a national title. We we just saw a 68-68 game go to overtime. It mm. was the race to 69. It was the Kyle Guy meme. It was the God's plan meme. Like, I don't know. This, this honestly might be the last podcast we ever do. We walked in to this whole situation. We said to ourselves, who is going to be the sister gene yes. of this NCAA tournament? And we tried to give it to many people. And it turns out maybe it was, it, us. was it was us the whole time. Maybe it was our memes that we, we were the memes. Um, so we, we're, we have a lot of thoughts on this national title game. And I, I guess, I guess we'll just, we'll get, we'll get to them. Let's just get to them right now. Let's just start the podcast. We are going to talk about Virginia. We are going to talk about Texas Tech. We are going to talk about, uh, again, I'm just going to fall victim to recency bias because who's going to stop me? This is my show. I'll say what I want. The greatest national title game of all time. <laughs> we're going to talk about it all. But first. I've been moving calm, no start no trouble with me. Trying to keep it peaceful is a struggle for me. Don't pull up at 6 a.m. to cuddle with me. You know how I like it when you loving on me. I don't want to die for them to miss me. Yes, I see the things that they wishing on me. Hope I got some brothers that outlive me. They gon' tell the story shit was different with me. God's plan. God's plan. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, Tate, I'm going to say it again just because I cannot believe that these words are true. The Virginia Cavaliers men's basketball team is the national champion, is the Division I national champion. It felt like we – I turned to you as the celebrations going on. First of all, we stayed at the arena until every every bit of confetti was cleaned up. Like, we, we were just both soaking this in. I, I have not felt this – I've never in my life felt so happy or such a strong emotion to a team that I have nothing to do with. Um, I was just grinning from ear to ear. I thought I was about to start crying. It was it was unbelievable. I was just so overcome with emotion. Um, I, I don't know, man. I don't Tears know. I'm so right it was now. an absolute. Uh, it was a moment when you walked into the arena, and obviously we we're going to talk about uh, the U.S. Bank uh, situation here in Minneapolis. I mean, as we're walking in, we're about an hour and a half before the game tips off. And we're we're piling through people because it is so packed with Texas Tech fans, with UVA fans every, everywhere around us. And as we're moseying our way through uh, at a snail's pace, because yes, apparently, despite the fact that this entire arena is brand new and is built like a ship, they didn't have enough room to, to for people mm-hmm. to walk around. But we'll get to that at some point. We said to ourselves multiple times, can you believe looking at the screens, looking at the road in he, ends here, it's Texas Tech on one Virginia. side. It's Virginia on the other side. They're they're doing the montage packages. They're doing uh, Virginia and they're playing God's Plan and they're doing uh, Texas Tech and they're playing Old Town Road, the remix to Billy Ray Cyrus. And you're saying to yourself, "There's no way that this is possible. There's no way that this is reality." Again, just are we like- in a simulation? And it turns out we must be because Tony Bennett is cutting down the nets so much so when he did the freeze frame at the end, he took one step down from the ladder. And he just held it for a second because you could tell even he had to take a second look at himself and say, holy hell, the Virginia Cavaliers are the national champions. Ralph Sampson's going crazy. (laughs) The crowd's going crazy. Uh, All the croquis are being thrown in the air. (laughs) The sweaters are getting ripped off. And the Warriors move on. I, as I said to you, like it felt, it, it just it just doesn't feel right. It feels like it does feel like I'm living in a simulation. I it, I'm watching the Virginia celebration happen, and all that's going through in my mind is, so who do they play next? Because mm. <laughs> there's no way that this was the last game of the season. It just can't, it couldn't be. Um, and if you're just new to the program and you're trying to understand why I have such a strong connection to Virginia, um, I, I really don't want to make this about myself. I mean, I'll make the podcast about myself. I don't mind this, but. Uh, 
First of all, I, I want to say I am going to the parade. Um, I promised on the podcast that I will go to the, Char- the parade in Charlottesville if it happens. I am going to go to the parade. I'm not going to try to get myself on a float. I, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable about the whole thing. Like, however many, I, we have like Virginia fans coming up to me congratulating me. And I'm like, dude, you went to Virginia. Come, I should be congratulating you. Like, let's, <laughs> hey, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Congratulations. This is not, yeah, <laughs> this is not my alma mater. Um, but the reason I care so much and the reason this team uh, just meant so much beyond like, First of all, we should just state the obvious. Like Tony Bennett is everything you want in a college basketball coach. There's not a sniff of the FBI stuff. Like he's the classiest guy on earth. He's he's handsome, which probably doesn't really mean much, but it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about him is perfect in, in the sense of like a college basketball coach. He, he wins with class. He loses with even more class. Um, he recruits great kids. You never hear problems off the court in the class or anything. The whole program's great. So that's one reason, obviously, I love Virginia. But – uh, Tate, I, I have been on the Virginia bandwagon for at least five years. I, I, I don't remember when it first started, but it was at least 2014. I remember the 2014 team. Um, I was really into them. They're, they're bursting onto the scene. They win the ACC, and the narrative is like, this is a fluke. This is gimmicky. This, this Bennett brand of basketball. It was fun. Yeah. Oh, how cute. How cute that they mm-hmm. won the ACC. Uh, that'll never happen again. Mm-hmm. Get these assholes out of our face. Um, and I, I, I read at the time, I was like, now hang on a second. If you actually watch this Virginia team play, I know they don't score a ton of points, but they're really fun to watch. Like they play the game the right way and they move the ball and they help the helper on defense. And I was like, this is actually really, really fun to watch. And then I would get blowback from people saying, no, it's not. You're an idiot. These games are boring. Then 2015 happens. Um, and Virginia is one of – it's like Kentucky's obviously the behemoth that whole season, but Virginia was like right there too. They had the second-best defense in the country. Maybe they were better than Kentucky defensively. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But it was those two, and they were the two best defenses. And I was putting my neck out again, and I just kept doing this over and over where I was like, I don't know, man. I really love watching Virginia basketball. This is exciting. And they kept choking in the tournament, Tate. And I kept just saying, I think this is going to work. I think at some point – this has to work. How can you kill everyone in the ACC and then get to March and then suddenly like it just doesn't work? I'm, that's the fluke to me. March is the fluke to me, not the rest of the season. And I just kept putting my neck out there. They lose to the 16th seed last year, and I'm at a crossroads state. I say to myself, do I continue down this road of Virginia? And I think about it, and I say, yes, I'm going to. And I and I stayed on the ship, and they won. And um, in all seriousness, I, I – it, it it I think that's what it was, man. I just feel like so vindicated and, and it's just so fucking exciting because like I've, I've never imagine jumped on you a bandwagon. feeling that way. Exactly. Could you imagine how Tony Bennett feels right exactly, now? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, of being in that moment. And if you look at Virginia over the last six years, I think I saw this 85 and 19 in conference play in the ACC. We can all agree. I mean, right after the game, there's uh, we're sitting in a, in a, in a section that was not necessarily Virginia, but a lot of Virginia people behind us. But it was a, a corporate tickets that we had. We were it's, in the corporate section of the Virginia section. So, of course, we're in the corporate section. There's a Duke guy behind me with his dad. <laughs> so we're talking after the game, and it was basically like a consultation of the ACC minds. Yeah. We're both looking at each other, and you would think, I mean, North Carolina – um, obviously I went there, obviously I have my own, um, inclinations about what would happen in the world of basketball with North Carolina versus Virginia, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, I feel happy and relieved right. for Tony Bennett because you see, like you said, it is a systematic approach to the way that they play basketball. It is stylistically, you may not like it, but you have to respect it because they play that way. They have played that way. They don't deviate from the plan. Mm-hmm. And when you see the three guys, the three headed monster of Ty Jerome, DeAndre Hunter and Cal guy operate. And not only operate, but operate at the level that they've been operating um, consistently throughout this entire tournament, where every single time a push comes to shove, they were backs against the wall. The game is over. Texas Tech has made this run. Virginia has thrown this game away. Oh, wait, Ty Drome. He's going to go for the easy two. Tie ball game, baby. Guess what? Kicks it to the outside. Yep. Three-point shot. DeAndre Hunter seals it. Goes in. Now we're going to overtime. Race 69, 68, 68. It was like every single time that Virginia was backs against the wall, even in this game, under 16 timeout, the score is 3-2. to two. Texas right. Tech has no field goals. They're 0 for 5 at the time. They've made three free throws. They have the lead in this game. You're saying to yourself, my goodness, Virginia, what's going on, fellas? Mm-hmm. And just like that, they bounce back. They get things rolling. They never felt like they were out of any game because they had – as as it happened with UMBC, they had gone to the lowest of lows, and sometimes Dude. you have to go to the bottom of the pit to climb out of the pit. And this is again why we're so happy is because in the uh, words of John Rothstein, rise, <laughs> Virginia Rose. We, uh, this is why we're so happy though is because 
that was our first response after the the UMBC loss. You and I, we, we were talking. We're like, maybe this will eventually be a good thing because once you hit rock bottom, rock bottom's a hell of a foundation to build on. And and I, I'm convinced. That, I mean, I, I, I you know. I don't think it takes much convincing to to think this, but I I certainly am convinced that um, Virginia doesn't win the national title. They they only make the Final Four if they don't lose to UMBC. I don't think mm. that was definitely a theme throughout the season. I mean, for God's sake, they, as soon as they lose to UMBC, Kyle Guy's writing letters to himself. They're they're going on the whitewater rafting trip that's becoming famous now. <laughs> uh, they, Kyle Guy changes his Twitter profile. What an excellent picture of a bunch of very athletic, talented dudes in whitewater <laughs> gear just looking ridiculous. Nobody can possibly look cool in whitewater rafting gear. <laughs> that's what we've learned. Yeah, you can't um, do that. Kyle Guy is is changes the profile picture to him basically hands on his knees after losing to UMBC and they're celebrating mm. in the background. He's retweeting like everything, every mention of like you losing to UMBC. He's like retweeting it. He's acknowledging it. This team leaned into the UMBC thing at all times, um, and 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 that was that was what propelled them because I mean you saw that lose. They have all these close games. I mean even the Gardner Webb thing. They're they're down at halftime to Gardner Webb. They just stay the course. That was the lesson they learned from UMBC because in the UMBC game they, they panicked. They panicked and they did not stay the course and it just made it worse. And it was like a the more they panic, like the deeper the 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 UMBC stronghold on the game just just dug in and um, they didn't know how to get out of it. And so to see this team have their backs in the wall so many times and not panic over and over and over and over again, and it culminates tonight in an overtime game. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's like I'm, I'm so overcome with emotion, and I, and I swear I'm not like hamming it up just to to make for more interesting content. Like. I've never I've never been on a bandwagon longer than like a month with any team, and I've been on the bandwagon with Virginia for like five fucking years. And mm-hmm. to see them win a title, I it really like I have to I have to go like look up my life story because I really feel like I went to Virginia. I don't know, what, like, <laughs> like I was so happy. I was like, did I graduate from Virginia? I forget. Uh, why am I so happy right now? Um, but I think that's why, man. It was it's a uh, I've watched Ohio State in the last five years. I've watched Ohio State more than any other team, probably Duke just because they're Duke. And then I would say Virginia is probably number three. I've probably watched it more than Indiana, even because Indiana has been garbage sometimes. And I don't, you know, I just kind of don't want to watch that. But uh, I've watched a ton of Virginia basketball, and I just I love the way they play. I love the way they they. I don't know. I don't know. I'm in love. Well, you were able to watch an Indiana, <laughs> a guy from Indiana who was Mr. Basketball, and that was a man by the name of Kyle Guy, a guy that when we first started doing this podcast under the One Shining Pod, I think mm. that so much of this too like comes back to the foundation of what we started doing with this podcast in the world of college basketball because when we were given the green light by our boss, uh, Bill Simmons, who said, I'm going to finally give you a feed, your own feed to do this college right. basketball podcast Let's see if you guys actually have the chops. Like, I, I, we'll see, basically, was, yeah. the, was the stance. And we were talking about what kind of segments we wanted to do because we had to prove out segments, what we were going to talk about. Right. Like, no one believed that we could just come on and talk about college basketball. They're like, I need some segments, like, treating mm-hmm. it like old TV. So we had to prove everything out. I'm like, you know, what about good guy, bad guy, bad guy? <laughs> And then there's this guy by the name of Kyle, Kyle guy, guy who has a man bun at Virginia. Yeah. Who's really interesting. Yeah. And Virginia's an interesting team. And Titus, you know, has a vested interest in Virginia at the right. time because you're writing all these stories like basically the pack line matters. And we saw Justin Anderson, a guy who was so uh, important and, and and obviously probably will get lost in the shuffle as, as this team will be remembered as the Virginia team. But mm-hmm. you, you, they had these sweats. We saw Justin Anderson today. We should mention all the UVA guys we saw today. Devin Hall, Justin Anderson. Anderson, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon, Joe Harris. Harris, all these guys are in town. Nolte's in town. I have a Nolte's yeah, Nolte. in town. So all these guys are in town. And Justin Anderson has a sweatshirt on, which I thought was really cool. And it said, you know, the pack line defense, like created by Dick Bennett, like class uh, 2009 or whatever it was, like the first time when like Tony started implementing and using it. Mm-hmm. Because all of these guys, they have all bought into what Tony, not even to say Tony's selling, because that sounds like, Cheap, the cheapest yeah, yeah. one is. I mean, the belief in in the basketball brand that is Virginia, in the sense of like Princeton basketball was something once upon a time. Georgetown basketball, was something. Right. Virginia basketball is something, and everyone wanted to throw shade or throw some sort of slight to it because, well, it's not championship basketball. Well, it's yeah. not whatever this isn't. It, this cute. It's, it's so cute, cute how yeah. they're winning, but it, we all know this doesn't count. It does not going to ever. It's never going to work on the big stage. And then to see and be in that building, I think that's what I meant when I was saying you walk in and you see all the Final Four. Because, I mean, you know, we've been to Final Fours. We've seen, you know, I was there in 2017 when, you know, Luke May makes that shot in Memphis. There's a little thing in the back of your head where you're like, 
it's destiny. Right. There's no other way that Luke May can make that shot because he should never even be taking that shot. He should never be on the floor. He should never be out playing Kentucky. Right. When Clark makes that pass and runs a 4-2-40 to go get the basketball <laughs> and throws it to Mamadi Diakite, and Diakite, without even in one motion, goes up and throws a floater, and it goes in. There's this little bit in the back of your mind which says, this team, for whatever reason, there was this big sign that I saw in the, in the middle of the crowd. I don't even know if I'm sure they showed it on television. We're in the building, so we don't know what the broadcast is doing. But it's just an orange, and it was a simple sign. It's a team of destiny. And, I mean, we've joked about the God's plan thing, but it is. Uh, it's, there's no doubt about it because there's no other way that you win that Purdue game with Carson no. Edwards losing his mind. There's no other way that Kyle Guy goes up and shoots a three and nobody hears the whistle. And somehow the whistle was blown, and somehow he has to go to the free throw line and make three free throws and win a game 63-62. There's no way that they can be down to a Texas Tech team that all of a sudden just found life. And, and Mooney, a guy who had been struggling in the game, Clark, he done such a great job on Mooney. Mm-hmm. Mooney hits a big three. He gets a little bit of confidence. He starts going back at Ty Jerome. They're, mm-hmm. they're doing ISO Jerome because they can't get any sort of offensive, go, offensive sets going as they're going down the stretch. It looks like, oh, no, Virginia's throwing away a lead again. Mm-hmm. It's going to come back to bite him. Finally, it's going to come back to bite him. And guess what? It doesn't because Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunter, they have seen the worst of the worst. Yeah. We're here. They they got to this point, and they know that they have the talent to do it. They believe in the system. They believe in their coach. Their coach believes in them. And Tony said it after the game when he was on stage. He's like, you know, the, the coaches get the credit when things go well. And, I mean, the classic line. And then, you know, when things go bad, we get the blame, yada, yada, yada. But it's about these kids. And it's not even just about those three guys. It's about – Jay Huff, who comes in the game and makes a difference. It's about a guy like Diakite, who mm-hmm. he does the shoulder shrug when they show the protrusion. You know what I mean? Just the way they carry themselves throughout the whole thing. It's the way that Jack Salt comes in the game. And not that he can do anything of note really offensively, but he'll elbow some guys and send a message. And- it's about Kihei Clark being a 5'5 five, five freshman, or however tall he is, uh, who was not not a fan favorite amongst Virginia fans all season. He's in... in and when Being that game opens up, he he lost the ball and had a, almost a turnover to open the game. And I right. said, and I'm looking at you, and I'm like, that's tough because you can see the nerves get into him. And then three or four or five possessions later, whatever it may be, he hit a three. And yeah. It was one of those shots like, okay, we got to keep Texas Tech honest. If Clark's going to hit threes, okay, we have to we have to guard him. We have to get right. out and guard him, and that opens everything up for the rest of the offense. And it's little subtle moments like that in this game where it was such a roller coaster ride where you're like, that's going to be the biggest play. Oh wait! Oh wait! Well, the big no, shot dude, by Moretti. You bring up a great point because I'm trying to recount. Um, you, you know, part of me was like, maybe we should do this podcast in the morning, give me time to digest everything, and kind of go through all the notes and stuff. But no, it's so much better when we just have the raw emotion and we just talk. We're just shooting from the hip. But with that, uh, I honestly don't even remember most of the plays down mm-hmm. the stretch because, as you said, a big shot would happen, and then you're like. Oh my God, that just changed the game. And then the very next play, something would happen. You're like, I don't, and, and it just kept happening one after the other. And by the time that happens 12 times, it's like, I don't remember the first time I thought that. Um, I remember the DeAndre Hunter three to send it to overtime. I remember Culver. It, this game just became Culver versus Hunter, which mm-hmm. was unbelievable down the stretch. That was, that was so, so fun. What a, what, I mean, I'd have to really sit down and think about it. There, it's probably not the best national championship ever, but, um, just being in the arena for it, being in the stadium for it, and, and knowing both of these teams were going for their first national title, that was so, so cool. That That is an element that I can't stress enough, like just being there and, and interacting with the fans before the game and just the, the, the look in their eyes of just like, we've never been here. This is unbelievable. I can't believe my team is playing for a national championship tonight. Um it really, really is a cool feeling uh, to, to to be able to witness that, it, and there's a tangible difference. I mean, as you said, we've been to Final Fours before. There's a it, that was the coolest part to me. It was just like every time they mentioned the national championship, like Jim Nance would come on and he's like, "Welcome to the national championship in the PA system." You're like, Texas Tech Red I'm, Raiders, yeah, and I'm like, Holy shit, in their yeah. first Final Four, yeah, and yeah. Then they're like play the music, old Tell Country Road, and we yeah. have all the highlights, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's Chris Beard like in the locker room, it's like we believe, we believe, right. you know, and it, like something like that was so it's such a hype. But it's thing. it's 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 part of what makes college basketball so great because uh, this the tournament is not. It, I don't others. I don't want to make it a contest against other sports, whatever. But the reason I I love what makes March Madness great so uh, so great to me is if Texas Tech, a school like Texas Tech, can be thirty seconds away from winning a national championship. I don't mean to dis, to disparage Texas Tech in any way, shape, or form. But if a school like Texas Tech can just in the snap of a finger hire the right coach, 
turn it around, recruit a local kid in, in Jared Culver, get a few grad transfers, get a foreign kid from Italy who can ball. And now you're like 30 seconds away from a national championship. Any team can do it. Like mm-hmm. any every every team in the country is looking at this like, we have a chance. And that's not always the case in all these other sports, you know? Like the college football, that's certainly not the case. You're not looking at, you know, if you're Toledo, you're not sitting there watching college football and it's like, man, maybe someday we could make the, No, Toledo, you're never winning. A, <laughs> in the, cur- the current structure of college football, you're never winning a national championship. But in college basketball, it could happen. And um, just knowing that is – that's what was so cool to me. Uh, I know Texas Tech ultimately came up short, but Virginia won. They won. The, they won a national title. I can't believe those words. And, and, I can't either. And I, I mean, yeah, I mentioned Ralph Sampson before. I mean, they did this fun thing where they were going around the stadium. They're showing fans like they always do, but they, they put Ralph Sampson on the screen, and this kid is dancing in front of him because the Virginia fan because he thinks he's just on the big screen, and he's like, you know, dabbing, doing whatever he's supposed to do, and Ralph Sampson's on and like sitting down behind him. As if to say, I don't really want to be, you know, the spectacle here, yada, yada, yada. And the kid, like, finally realizes, oh, they're going to show Ralph Sampson. So he takes a seat. Oh, yeah. And Ralph Sampson's like, it's okay. You don't have to take a seat. It's fine. And then, so I'm thinking they're done. And then he just decides, you know what? Virginia's in the national championship game. This is what I always wanted. This is what, you know, I was supposed to do at a certain point in time. Granted, I won the NIT. Granted, everyone knew everyone knew I was the best player in college basketball. When I was in college basketball, everybody knew that. He stands up, goes to the crowd. He's waving to people to get loud. Virginia fans are going crazy. And it just felt like this weird, and I know 1979 keeps getting brought up because it's two teams playing in the national championship for the first time right. against each other. It's the magic thing. But it, it did feel like one of those seminal moments where – the old school of what Virginia basketball was, the foundation with Ralph Sampson and the fact that they were never able to get that to say, we are Virginia basketball, you know, because they had this thing. I mean, that was the in ACC country. It was the easiest jab to throw at Virginia. Right. It's like you guys are the NIT kids. You know? Right. Exactly. And then, and then, I mean, and then to see Ralph Sampson, the man who is so talented, so amazing, so great, like in that moment, the raw emotion of him to still care, to still have that love, to still finally let loose and say, let's go. I'm ready. Let's do this. And they did it, and they delivered they it. And everyone in that building, um, as far as Virginia fans, I, I, I saw tears, I saw hugs, I saw laughs, I saw everything. Um, and the spectrum of that in sports is something that it's hard to find in professional sports, especially. But to see it tonight um, with no vested interest on our side, obviously, I mean, other, we, other than yeah. you know us joking about you know the racism. But I think that I think that like speaks that. to that speaks to the story of how great it is that that we we became so invested and we have our own personal reasons. I mean, you you know Ty Jerome a little bit and and we, yeah. we do the Kyle guy segment and as I said I've been I've been kind of sticking my neck out saying I love Virginia basketball for a while but there's no you, you don't have anybody in your family that went to Virginia I, I don't have anybody in my family I don't really I've never actually met any player on the team or any coaches mm-hmm. in the pro I don't really have that sort of connection to there are probably 20 programs in college basketball that I have a stronger connection personally to than Virginia mm-hmm. yet Time and time again, I just was so drawn to everything going on in that program. Just it was so different, and and it felt different in a refreshing way, um, especially in the in the FBI era where everybody's a cheater and everybody's scum and every coach is trying to stab another coach in the back or st- just whatever, just looking out for number one to to climb the career ladder. Just all the all the the pessimistic, cynical stuff that exists in college basketball, like it didn't ever seem to exist in Virginia, and yet they're they're killing everyone in the ACC. And they're winning the ACC about every year. Um, and then they're losing in the tournament. It's like no one knows how to talk about Virginia. Like people that don't really follow college basketball love to make fun of them. But then it's like, dude, they're kicking everyone's ass in the best conference in college basketball. And um, I don't know, man. I, I just got I, – I really genuinely am just – I'm not going to start crying, but like it is uh, – I, I feel emotional because like – I feel like if you're not emotional about this shit um, – then, then I, I can't pretend to. I can't say that I love college basketball as much as I do, unless I actually prove it. And nights like this, when it happens and it just so naturally comes out of me, I'm like, yes, I still got it. I'm mm. still young again. I'm still, um, you know, growing like, and I'm still nine years old and, and begging my parents to let me skip school on Thursday and Friday so I can watch the NCAA tournament. That's just something that like I, I love when these things happen and they remind me that like the love for that I have for the sport is still there and. Um, 
I'm going to go cry now. And <laughs> God's I mean, plan, baby. It's God's plan, and we're completely surrounded. I mean, and also you're in a football stadium. You're the Minnesota Vikings football stadium, and you still can conjure up that emotion. And that is yeah. the power of what this is as college basketball. I mean, we're watching one shining moment sitting there in the stadium. Virginia's on the stage. They're looking up, watching themselves in the one shining moment montage. And it, it just, it's almost surreal to say the least. And I also want to pivot back because I know that we're making this, obviously they are the national champions, but we're talking a lot about Virginia. You talked about the programs and, and the way mm -hmm. that they're viewed by the world. The, what Chris Beard has done at Texas Tech and what Chris Beard exudes, the way he handles himself on the sideline with his team, what he does as a coach, so many things. So the, the thing that I, the, the story in this game to me is that Virginia comes out hot. In the second half, Virginia comes out hot to start the game. Virginia has leads in the first half. Virginia has a lead in the second half. And then both times, Texas Tech made these runs. And when they made these runs, they, of course, they started shooting the ball well from the outside. They started hitting some threes, started getting things going. It was free throws and threes was pretty much how they did things in the first half. Because they were down, what, it was like 19 to 8 or something like that? or mm -hmm. I don't remember what exactly it was. But, when, you know, they start making shots, start making a little bit of a run. Chris Beard will randomly just have guys – if Clark is bringing the ball to the court, we're going to press. Mm -hmm. if, if, if Ty's bringing it up, we won't. And then we'll switch it. And then, like, the coaching that was going behind the, the scenes. The chess match was unbelievable. Between to Tony Bennett and Chris Beard. Yeah. And I know a lot of people talked about this going into the game, how it was going to be. I mean, the general fan would say it would be boring because two defensive teams. But for most people that are watching college basketball and talking about it like we are, we were excited to see what Chris Beard would do differently, yeah. what Tony Bennett would do differently. And both these guys said, uh, which is a very staple of what they want to do, we're not going for offensive rebounds. We're getting back. There's no, going to be no transition points. But they couldn't find points early on. So I'm like, what's Chris Beard going to do? Is he going to try to do something different? Instead, he goes, all right, I'm going to put in Francis. Like, we need you to hit some shots for yeah. us. And man starts Dude, making Brandon threes. Francis was unbelievable. things up. Yeah. We're getting hand down, man down. Virginia's getting a little bit, you know, loose on defense. And Texas Tech makes a run. They get a lead they're up 21 19 and yada 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 and it's sort of the same thing where i've just never in, in like good timeouts not waiting for tv timeouts getting your team over talking to your team i mean and we were we were lucky enough to be close enough to see them you know tony ben and chris beard way they were handling themselves in the huddles with their teams keeping it loose keeping it you know look it's a big stage but we're good fellows we got this yeah and the belief on both sides and the belief in the buy-in on both sides from all the players involved um i think that's why it was a thing of beauty honestly um and and again i have no stake in this and and watching the game i feel for texas tech because they played such a great game, and they had it, I mean, within reach. And Mooney, they had the ball one second. Mooney's mm -hmm. inbounding the ball. You're saying to me, I think Mooney's going to get the ball back and hit a shot and win this game. Like That's Chris what I Jenkins. thought the play was. I thought I thought it was going to be a toss-in, And toss that could have right easily happened. And let me just tell you, it. we probably would have yeah. had the exact same emotions. I mean, it wouldn't just be as personal Honestly, to Virginia. Yeah. But I, it would have been that team deserved to win a national championship because they played at such a, a, a high level throughout. And they have so much mm. talent. And Jared Culver, I mean, is there a more likable guy that's going to be a, a top seven pick in the NBA draft? I mean, maybe DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter, exactly. You know what I mean? And they're playing each other. And, that's and it becomes one-on-one -on -one that the – yeah, dude, I, I would have felt this. I honestly would have felt uh, the same emotion, just probably not as intense, uh, mm -hmm. the Texas Tech one, because I haven't been riding the Texas Tech bandwagon for five years. But um, you, you hit the nail on the head. It really was like, I hate that one of these teams have to lose. That was that was the case of like every game Virginia played it this year. It was just, yeah. Man, I hate that. I hate that it's come to this that one of these teams have to lose. But Texas Tech was unbelievable tonight. Um, the, the chess match, as you the chess match, as you said, was incredible. Just watching uh the, the decisions being made with the big guys like tony would like there were times where deandre hunter's playing the five and, mm -hmm. and then other times it's like, I mean, like jack salt's game, ty jerome is picking up jared culver and i look at you and I go that man's six five yeah you know if if, if ty jerome i'm not talking about jared culver he's not six five ty jerome is six five and he's picking up jared culver and like chris beard's all that and then he's like all right, well, if they're going to do that, we need to get Culver down in the post. Right. And it's like, and that was like one sequence. That was one possession, then they switched it. And and Virginia wants to run those <laughs> balls straight. Like they, Virginia goes away from the blocker mover and they want to run ball screens, mm -hmm. but Texas Tech is downing the ball screen. So Virginia's like, can't get into their ball screen. So they kind of want to do blocker mover. But if you're going to do blocker mover, you want to play Jack Salt because that's the best blocker. That, that, that guy's the best screen setter in the country. But at the same time, 
do we really want to play Jack Salt a lot mm-hmm. in the national championship game? Not really. So like all these decisions that are going into it, the, the decisions with the big guys was, was really fascinating. Cause, cause there were stretches where they're playing like n- neither team's really playing like a true five. And then, then all of a sudden you're playing your, your Odiasi's back in and salt's mm-hmm. in and Jay, we saw Jay Huff a little bit, all the stuff that went into it, the switching on screens, like Texas tech obviously switches a ton of screens of uh, Virginia's, the decisions that are being made to switch and the matchups they're doing defensively. It was every bit as 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 great of a college basketball game in, in every sense of the word. Just the, the the coaches are so likable. All the players are so likable. Both teams genuinely deserve to be there. There was no fluky things. And we said that leading up to the game. This wasn't a case of, you know, like the 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 draw was super easy for one of these teams and that's how they got there. Anything like that. Mm-hmm. They both were the two best teams in the entire tournament and they it was pretty clear they were the two best teams. Uh so they belong there and, and all the decision it was it was just a great college basketball game and it goes to overtime and it was close and big shot after big shot. And you have these stretches where like DeAndre Hunter gets burned by Culver uh, to, to for Texas Tech to take the lead mm-hmm. toward down the end. They, they, they do an iso ball. Like a possession before that, I think Hunter stopped him. Like Culver mm-hmm. tried to take him one-on-one. Hunter gets the stop. Texas Tech gets the ball back. Now Culver scores on Hunter. And you're like, shit, that sucks for Hunter, but it's awesome for Culver. But then Hunter hits the three and you're like, okay, so he got his redemption there. It was just like, like there was no goat in this game. You know what I mean? Like, I, and I use that term the way it used to be, where the guy that fucks yes. up. There's the lowercase no, goat. Yeah, yes. the lowercase goat. There's no guy where you're like, man, we would have won if this guy didn't blow it, if you're Texas Tech. Or in the same for Virginia, it's not like, thank God we won or else Kihei Clark, you'd be an asshole and ruin everything. You're like, no one, there's no one on Virginia that, no one really played that poorly or like had that decision or that shot that blew the whole game. Um, it was great. And, and that's what you want. You just want the guys to play the best possible game, everyone to have their heads held high at the end. And um, someone unfortunately has to lose and it sucked, but it was also God's plan. So it was God's plan. <laughs> and it was also one of those things where you talked about, you mentioned this to me as we were watching the game is Virginia. Obviously it was a scouting decision. They were doing a lot of shot fakes, a lot of pump fakes early on in the yeah, game. Yeah, A little too many, a little too many. And then yeah. they kind of got, they got called up in their own head because again, this is a systematic way to play basketball. They were deviating from the system a little bit. They were not doing yeah. what they normally did, and they started to struggle. And then it's like, okay, click back into who we are, and this is what we're going to do. And uh, you talked about matchups. So the matchups that were like, obviously DeAndre Hunter, Jared Culver, that's primetime matchup number one. Mooney versus Jerome is one that of those get, things that got where good at the end. Man. That was that was good because Clark was guarding Mooney for a little bit, and he's a pest. Like, you right. know, we talked about Trey Jones and what he was able to do, a bunch of point guards. That's what Kay Clark was doing to Mooney for quite some time. Mooney was nowhere to be found early on. And then as Ty Jerome sort of get into his little rhythm, you know, he's finding guys, getting a bunch of rebounds, scoring points they needed, you know, late in the shot clock. Mooney starts hitting some shots, and then we get Mooney versus Jerome. It's a little back and forth game going on. And then as you as you go down the line, it's like Moretti. He's got he's got to hit threes for them. And then it's Kyle Guy's hitting threes for Virginia, so it's Moretti versus Guy. Yep. And they're going back and forth. And every single time it was like, oh, Mooney's out of this game. It's not going to be his night. Boom, he's back. Every time they're like, oh, Kyle Guy's kind of struggling to find his shot a little bit. He's pump fake, one dribble, hits a little corner jumper, looks over at Tony Bennett, gives him the thumbs up, like yeah. I'm good, I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? It was like every single time that one guy would have a problem or would be something that would be the only person I can think of in this game. And I feel horrible for him uh, was Owens because I think he was dealing with the injury. Yeah, yeah, He's playing with the high top shoes. He's wearing low tops and, and he fouls out of the game um, pretty early on actually, which, yeah, but like I said, like, I mean, he's the closest thing you would have to go, but I mean, come on, like no, 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 no no, Texas tech fans is going to be like, of course not. He blew the game because the fact that he was even playing was awesome. We had the three guys. It was both. We had three guys who have been the star players. And if you look at the all tournament team, it obviously shows that uh, with Mooney and Culver and then the three Virginia guys all being, being the top five mm-hmm. guys, but every single time they felt like there would be a time where, you know, maybe Culver just doesn't do it this time, or maybe Ty Jerome just goes in for that layup and doesn't kick it out to DeAndre Hunter in the corner. And then when we go to overtime, guess what? DeAndre Hunter hits the basically the exact same shot. It takes yeah. a 75, 73. And that was pretty much the game winner. Um, if you do it by race of 69, he won at the free throw line mm. when it was 71, 69 or 70, 68. Um, and that was the first points that was scored in overtime on a foul, but hits that three 75, 73 in the same spot in the same type of situation where Ty Jerome was dishing all over the place, his head up, Matt Mooney, the same thing, you know, it's like he almost had to click into another level because he was struggling. He was getting a little frustrated. And as Jerome was playing better, mm. he, the competitive side of him was like, all right, well, now I'm now yeah. I'm locked in. Now I'm doing this. And I don't know. I mean, there's so many little things in basketball that stand out to you, but the tendencies in this game and the way that guys were able to elevate to the moment, 
it was uh it was great to see it was unbelievable it really was man i i that game it was just such a such a well-played game and Um, and historically i want to point out because we were we were working our way back i mean obviously this go this game goes overtime the last overtime title game was 2008 mm -hmm. and that's when mario chalmers hits the shot uh, Derek Rose ties it up 63-63. We go to overtime. We remember Kansas, Bill Self, they win their first title. Calipari, it ends with Memphis. He goes to Kentucky. College basketball is different from that day on. Um, and, and I think when I look back at that highlight, because I just watched it on my phone to kind of remember how it all played out, I mean, it is called Mario's Miracle for a reason because it just seemed, I mean, a lot of times late game situations, it, it is a heave, I mean, and, th- and things work out. But I remember when Jay Wright drew up the play for Archie Diacono to toss that ball back to Chris Jenkins to do it in rhythm. That's a drawn up beautiful thing. And that's mm-hmm. coming from someone who got sprayed as a fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the Mario shot is a, it was an amazing thing, but it, it felt like, wow, how, how great, how, what an exasperation that that happened and they uh-huh. did that. When DeAndre Hunter caught that ball in the corner, you're saying to yourself, what a beautiful drive by Ty Jerome. Yeah. What a smart decision to kick it out there, to hit that shot, to tie the game. What a calm and composed decision to make at that moment. You know what I mean? It was just, that, I think that was, to me, what stood out. It was like, this is an overtime game. This is a big three that needed to be hit. But it was done, it, it didn't feel like it was rushed in any way. In the same way that Villanova so, and Chris Jenkins did that. So methodical, so uh, just poised on both parts. The, the pass, mm-hmm. but the DeAndre Hunter is wide open. Mm-hmm. He, he knows the situation. Because the he entire knows. Texas Tech team collapsed because they yeah. think someone like Ty Jerome in that situation is going to go, I got to just get the bucket right. because I'm here at the basket. And he goes, and, skirt. Yeah. <laughs> and as DeAndre Hunter is catching the ball, the whole arena, oh, because we know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We know this is the, the shot. Mm-hmm. If he misses, Virginia probably loses. If he makes it, who knows what the hell is going to happen, but uh massive shot. Um, and he makes it obviously God's plan. Uh, but uh, more to the point, like of what we're talking about, how great this game is. The one thing we should also mention is that just how great defensively, because we're, you're breaking down like all these guys, the shots they're making and the matchups and how this guy hit, made this play on offense and this other guy made this play. But through it all, they were still unbelievable defensively, both teams. Yes. That's what was so great. It was like every single play that I didn't feel like anybody was bad offensively. I don't think anybody was bad defensively. I thought like it was just, I don't know. It, it was it was well played on both it sides. It was good basketball. It wasn't defensive lapses or yeah. things like that or mental mistakes. Like when guys got open, they hit the shots because mm-hmm. they were open. But then it was really, really, really hard to get open because the defenses were so good. Um, but then every so often someone would make them have a moment of brilliance and make a sweet one-on-one move and, and create space and get open that it, it was just like if you love basketball this this game was had everything it really did and um i don't know I, I i'm curious to see what the ratings will be because yeah coming into it that was sort of the the narrative and 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 you and i didn't necessarily um you know like we we're, we're we're not casual we knew these teams well so we were excited about it but i'd be lying if i said i expected it to be this good of a game you mm-hmm. know like i i thought there was a potential it would be a stinker and and there would just be bad offense um but it wasn't again. It was three to two at the under sixteen time right. to start this game. I right. mean, and we're zero for five from the field. Texas right. Tech. Yeah, I mean, there was there at the start of this game. There were signs to point. It to, could have been bad. This could be. I mean, I, it could have been a problem. It could have been a struggle. But they started playing their game. They started playing how they had been playing all year. And I think to me, sometimes when we get to title games, we don't get to see the best teams play on the biggest stage. And I'll, I'll point to 2010 or 2011. Those are two examples in my mind that stand out where it wasn't necessarily the best teams, but they were the hottest teams and they played well in the tournament and and it was great and it worked out. Um, Did you say 2010? I I liked how you did that. Yeah, it was 2010, 2011, something like that. Um, You slipped the 2010 in there. Yeah. Like 2015, say, 2010, say. Yeah, a couple couple of those. Uh, Again, I talked to a dude guy. I'll say 2001 as well, like the best team. I don't (laughs) think they won that year. (laughs) Can I point out quickly, just Just randomly. This this is a total aside, because this was college basketball holding court. This is center stage for everything. I saw something in the crowd that I pointed out to you and you thought it was pretty funny too. There's a kid wearing a Michael Jordan jersey and there's a kid standing next to him wearing a Duke Zion Williamson jersey. Mm-hmm. And they're obviously brothers and they're standing there with their dad. He's wearing a Virginia sweatshirt orange underneath the Zion jersey. And I was like, that is the greatest picture of college basketball right there. Of like what it's going to be for forever for like the yeah. next 20, 25 years where it's like, you know, I like this Carolina team. So I'm going to wear the Jordan jersey and I'll, and I'll wear the Zion jersey forever because now Zion's the Jordan of Duke basically. And then, but deep down, you know, I just kind of have like a little bit of love for Virginia. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I get underneath all that uh, bravado with those two things standing out, you know, we do enjoy the beautiful brand. 
brand that is Virginia basketball. And uh, I don't know, that sort of encapsulate how I felt watching the game as someone who's from the ACC and has watched Virginia dominate for so long without getting that final moment where Tony Bennett can stand on that ladder and point to everyone and say, see, I told you the backline defense works. But you know what's beautiful? And this is why we love Tony Bennett is that he'll never do that. He would never do that. Exactly. He's not that kind of guy. There's no told you so's. We want to do the told you you so's for you, Tony. He's almost, (laughs) he's almost like apologizing. Like that, that's the demeanor he has. He's almost just like, um, you know, well, shucks. I'm sorry. We want it guys. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that I ruined your, your stories that you were working on about how, how much I choke all the time. Sorry about that. that. That's the closest he would have. Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's very what is Tony t- Bennett doing right now? By the way, it is we're, we're currently. You told me it's he was about one, one glass of milk, so it, I, I believe that. Here's my question: It's one a.m. local time as mm-hmm. as I'm talking. Um, is Tony Bennett asleep? <laughs> Absolutely. I, in my mind, he he went back to the locker room and told the guys, uh, "Be happy for now, but um, we have class in the morning, <laughs> and it's past your bedtime. Yes. So let's go home and and." Get some rest. So you're saying Kyle Guy's going to be his 8 a.m. tomorrow? Yeah, Kyle Guy's. <laughs> They're student-athletes, Tate, not athlete students. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and let's wrap up. All. I know that we're kind of shooting from the hip right now. We're trying to break down everything we can kind of remember. It's, it's different to be in the building. And it is. because yeah. It's just different than watching on TV, and we can give you all the stats and info and shut up Brian Hives. The ESPN will give us all that. But uh, I don't know. I enjoy – just breaking down the feelings of the moment because being in the building, it, it, it did feel like it was some sort of seminal moment. And that's why bringing up 1979 is very cool. Well, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about just sort of the scene and the people we were running into and all that kind of stuff. Perfect. As you know, we just witnessed one of the greatest sporting events on the calendar, March Madness, and the best place to stay on top of all the NCAA tournament coverage was CBS Sports HQ. What is CBS Sports HQ? It's the free 24-hour sports network that's built for fans just like you and me. You don't get any of the hot takes, fake debates, and politics like other sports networks, just the stuff that matters like nonstop highlights, news, and analysis, no matter when you tune in. And if you enjoy playing fantasy or placing some bets like, uh, like Harry... Was it was it Harry Tate who uh, you said had Virginia? Harry had Virginia at the beginning of the year, uh, and then he hedged tonight. Harry's a hedging piece of shit. Yes, <laughs> but we love him. We love you. We love you, Harry. Anyway, if you if you enjoy placing some bets like Harry, CBS Sports HQ experts are always dishing out picks to help you win. So check out CBS Sports HQ. It's always on and always free. No need to pay a subscription fee or have an expensive cable package. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Fire TV, Roku, or Apple TV to start watching today. Also want to talk about Hulu, who is paying some of the league's best players a lot of money to do some pretty crazy stuff. Joel Embiid changed his nickname from the process to Joel Hulu has live sports and beat. Damian Lillard got a tattoo that says Hulu has live sports. Clearly, they really want you to know that Hulu has live sports. Get over 60 live and on-demand channels, tons of shows and movies, and exclusive originals with Hulu. Get rid of your cable and make the switch for only $45 a month. Watch your favorite teams in the biggest games all season with no cable required. Watch on the go and on all your favorite devices. Live TV playing required. Restrictions apply. Learn more at Hulu.com. Back to the Virginia Celebratory Podcast, God's Plan. All right, Ted, I think we talked about the game a lot. It was, uh, again, just an incredible game. We, we, we have been in the process of, uh, as a company at The Ringer, doing this sports rewatchables thing. And yeah. uh, it's been brought to, the idea has been brought to us, and we've been told to start formulating some thoughts about games that we're going to do sports rewatchables here uh, for our pod- podcast. This feels like an obvious one. Um mm-hmm. I, I I don't necessarily think we'll do it like within the next month or so. Maybe get some some time, but like I would I would love to rewatch this game in July or August and and really break it down and, and think about it because it was an instant classic. Like you knew it was an instant classic. Even the the moment like Virginia had the ten point lead and it got erased, it was like whatever happens from here, this is going to be a game that I'll remember forever because it's been so well played. Um, so we've kind of hit all that and we'll we'll you know you, we'll talk about it more as 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 we continue with podcast, but uh. I want to talk about just the scene, just being there, witnessing, as I kind of was touching on it, just how cool it was um, to, to see two fan bases that had never been here before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Virginia made it in 1984, but let's be honest, like most of the fans that are here like probably weren't even alive then, much less like actually really care about the basketball program. So, um, and, and not to mention, last time they made it was 84. The tournament expanded in 85 to, mm-hmm. to the tournament we know and love today. So, 
even that has an asterisk. I mean, they, they've uh, never made it to a Final Four in the current format. Whenever we do our, uh, we've ever we've done our like rework and and redo certain things in college basketball. We'd always start at 1985, right? Yeah, that's, that's always the cutoff. And then when we would do new stuff, we would start at 2006 because the one and done stuff. So right. it's like that's the mile marker. So Virginia, the modern mile marker of college right. basketball, they have not been there. So right. it's a different feeling just to see them in this environment. So um, we 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 threw the party at Sneaky Pete's. I guess we could update the people that weren't there. Mm. Um, for first of all, I want to apologize to everyone who came and had to pay a five dollar cover charge, which really pissed me the fuck yeah, off. Yeah, we didn't know about this. Yeah, we didn't know there's going to be a cover charge. We got zero dollars from that. That's mm. another thing that pissed me off. Is like now I, we know why it's called Sneaky Beats. <laughs> that, that's the sneaky part of Sneaky Beats. They were marketing. They have our face plastered outside their things. Absolutely, that was the worst part because I look like a twelve year old in the picture when I walked inside. There were just so many people that had no idea because there were regulars there too. You got, that, you got ID'd at our own party. <laughs> We're walking up. There's a poster that says Sunday night, one shiny podcast party. There's a picture of Tate and I in tuxedos. Yeah. It's fucking right on the main entrance of Sneaky Pete's. And the, the bouncer had Tate. He's like, we're, California. Tate, Tate, mm. just point, Tate points to the picture like, dude, that's me. Let me in. What are you doing? But then, uh, I don't know. They had a cover charge, and I apologize because we 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 didn't know that. I was really pissed off about it. But then, um, by the time before I could talk to the manager, uh, I I thrown back a few Coors Lights, and I got over it pretty quickly. But uh, I was not happy about that. But anyway, um, a lot of Virginia fans of Sneaky Pete's, and mm. uh, that was that was a sight to behold. It was, as it turns out, not a strip club, but 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 at the end of the night, when the when everything closes and they turn the lights on, they funnel you out. They do not let you go back out the main door. They funnel you to the strip club next door that you have to like walk through yeah. to, to leave like, the right building. Here. Go right through here. And then guys are like, oh, I guess it didn't close. <laughs> and like now a, people are like a funhouse maze. And you're like, where the hell are you? <laughs> Suddenly they're breasts in your face. And <laughs> well, I'm like, confused. How and you reach happen? in your pocket and you have a stack of ones. You're like, how did that happen? I don't Sneaky remember. Beats. <laughs> Living up to the name. That's what I learned at Sneaky Beats. Um, we had a good time. We had such a good crowd. There were so many Virginia people, like you said, coming up to you. They wanted you to be on the float. At one point, uh, you were surrounded. You were mobbed by uh, just a, a group of Virginia fans. Uh, I think Virginia moms, Virginia teachers, Virginia yeah. the Virginia Association for 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 women. That love Mark Titus, listen, I don't know. Virginia's for lovers, and there were a lot of them there at Sneaky Pete. A lot of lovers. <laughs> I was filming you being mobbed by these people because it's so hilarious to me. Um, we had Big Cat, a friend of ours, was in the building. Very nice of him to come out. <laughs> um, there's a hilarious video where he looks so shitty about these women surrounding him. Hounding you while he's staying there by himself, and I, I will probably share it at some point. I'll we'll share a, it. I have to get approval from because Big Cat because I do love him. You don't him have to get approval. He's been Big nothing Cat. but nice to me always, but uh, it, it, <laughs> it it was such a long thing. Like I'm standing there, and I didn't want to film it at first, and I thought it would go away, but it lasted so long that you know, in my drunken stupor, I was like, I have to capture this moment. It's too good, so I filmed that, and that ended up being the highlight of my of my night. Um, and it's so good. It's it's just so that nice to see funny. to see all that work out and. Uh, I just love that Virginia fans love you so much. They they appreciate your defense. This is why I mean, yeah, I th this is why I was so excited that the Virginia won. And I kept saying like we as it was happening because spending going to Sneaky Pete's last night, I was just it was just nothing but Virginia fans basically mm -hmm. like kissing my ass saying thank you so much for believing <laughs> in us this whole time. And then um, yeah, th I bought in. At one point, someone throws a Virginia sticker on my sweatshirt. And yes. then everyone I ran into. I thought that you changed shirts into yeah. a Virginia shirt. Everyone I was thought like, it was Mark like, Titus is really leaning into this hard right now. I don't know if I should stop him or let him keep going, but I'm loving it. Yeah. But we, there were some Texas Tech fans there too. And um, I, I really like them. That's what uh, I, I I hope Texas Tech can keep this rolling. I, I, none of the Texas Tech fans are listening to us right now. Let's be honest. But um, no, if you, you are don't. listening, uh, I hope I hope like Chris Beard – I don't know, man. Let's. If I'm being completely honest, I do think he's going to leave. Uh, not necessarily right now in this off season, but I think it's going to happen soon. Um, well, he went to sucks. Texas. We know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he wants to go to Texas, and that sucks for Texas Tech fans. But I just speaking of, we were with Chris Beard's agent. Just, so. Yeah, <laughs> we should have asked. That, that's a story. Let me <laughs> let me finish this thought. That I want. Um, I, I want Texas Tech to keep rolling. Like I hope. I hope this isn't just a one-time flash in the pan thing, and it's done. Because um, well, you saw the quote after the game. Chris Beard said to Tony Bennett as he was driving on the golf cart. He said, "I'll see you down the road." Yeah. Um, and I don't know yeah, necessarily. I'll see you down the road in Austin. Yeah, yeah, not the Old Town Road, but uh, <laughs> yeah, something. <laughs> see him somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Chris Beard and Tony Bennett. You talk about there's a changing of the guard that's going to come in college basketball when the Coach K's and the Royal Williams and. 
the Rick Barnes and and the guys of that class of college basketball leave the game. All say no to UCLA before they leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they all pass on UCLA and the Lakers job. <laughs> Coach K is going to have to pass that Lakers job before we know. He's got to say no. But once they leave, um, there's a there's like this little something in the back of my head, um, like what's next. Right. And when you see those two guys, the way they handle their programs, they're so different too. They are different, but they're awesome in their own ways. Yeah, it, it's just great to see, and, that, and I think that's sort of the main message is like when you have guys that have the class and that have the basketball knowledge and IQ like Chris Beard and Tony Bennett, that's good for the game. But that's all I can say about that. Yeah. Texas Tech, man. I, I, I didn't know a single Texas Tech basketball. I didn't know Texas Tech even had a basketball program until Bob Knight took the job in 2001. Well, well neither did the Texas Tech yeah. fans. Uh, half of them that were there tonight. They were like, hell yeah. But that, that's what made it I'm going ahead. Like, <laughs> That's what made it so fun, though, was that, like... Dude, they played that in the arena, and I've never seen... Let me just say, if you're not thinking that we're giving Texas Tech love, I love Texas Tech fans. Throwing up the L's, they're, like, pointing at each other. As soon as that song came on, I just saw, like, 14 people put on cowboy hats out of nowhere and just start dancing and acting a fool, and it was unbelievable. Um, they were great. They were into it. They were loud. When when the ball... when At the end of the game... Patrick they, Mahomes is a... Yeah, oh, Pat, Pat Mahomes, like, doing, like, memes in the building live me he's doing live memes. Fortnite dances and shit. <laughs> it was great that was the good part for texas tech i mean they made themselves a very very approachable and likable but, school as far as a fan base well, tonight, one of the points sure. i was gonna say uh you're kind of mentioning now uh there are a lot of bandwagon fans texas tech because like they're football fans it's football's king in texas kids king in texas tech uh there's a lot of football jerseys being worn to these yeah. basketball games whatever but that, I find that super endearing, almost. Same, that, yeah. Because it's like... Well, it's good for the game. It's good for college basketball. That means yeah. that you're bringing in... Again, there has been no Texas champion in college basketball since Texas Western, 1966. Yeah. We were just talking about 1985, if that was archaic. Yeah. You know what I mean? You need a Texas Tech. But I love, I love the attitude of Texas Tech fans was like, I don't really know what basketball is, but I like it. Yeah. I like this. I like this a lot. I like that we're winning. This is fun. Let's get drunk. Let's dance the old town road. Um, I just love that energy. Meanwhile, like the other side, you got Virginia fans who is like, I do know what basketball is. Mm -hmm. And it has been the most depressing experience of my life every March for the last five years. Um, but, but yeah, the, we we love the Texas Tech fans that we ran into. I, I, I spent more time talking to Virginia fans uh, for reasons we've covered already, but um I, I did love Texas Tech fans. I, I I really really enjoyed that element of it because it was it was you could tell that they were like looking at each other like how the hell are we here? How did this happen? I didn't realize we had a basketball program until two years ago. Well, they were so sincere. I mean, and and uh, I should say this. I mean, I I as someone who knows about Grizzly and Copenhagen and things like that, I appreciate. <laughs> The Texas Tech fans. I mean, they were they were all they were all into that. You know what I mean? They were all talking about that. They're like, I can go throw a lip in, but I'm gonna come back and talk to you about this team because I love Derek Culver. And I'm like, yeah, man, come on back. We'll you never seen so many guys in cowboy hats with just like thick mustaches. Just like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, are you the Red Raider? Like, are you Yosemite Sam? <laughs> oh man. Um, what else about the scene? What, what, what else we got to talk about? We, we we, I think we should just talk about, I mean, I brought up the agent situation uh, with Chris Beard. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and also Mike Young. Uh, we, he was we, having a good weekend. Yeah, he, Mike, he bought a lot of drinks for us. Mike Young going to Virginia Tech. We uh, we didn't get to talk to Mike Young, but so much. But Fletcher McGee was in the three-on-three -three tournament. We saw Mike Young at the event. And that's where I'm learning a lot about the Final Four. I mean, it's obviously a big convention for a lot of these coaches, but it's also a talk shop. Meet people, fill people out, mm -hmm. learn about it. Jobs that are open, and then you know, test the water. It's, it's coaching test the waters, period. Yeah. You know what I mean? We see Mike White wearing his Wofford stuff. You know what? Four hours later, we're getting reports he's going to be the Virginia Tech coach, right? And uh, so that's sort of an interesting wrinkle. And then you know, being there last night, seeing all these you know great guys, Stanford Steve, uh, a guy. Shout that, out to Stanford Steve, yeah. great guy. Stanford Steve Absolute was at our party as well. Um, he was basically playing the role of my bodyguard, uh, which <laughs> which he loved. Um, but then I, I I had to to leave Stanford Steve when I when I heard him and Big Cat making plans to grab wings today. Yeah, you were, on you Monday. were very I was very shook by this conversation because yes. like Big Cat's bouncing. He's he's leaving early, not that early. I don't I don't mean to throw him under the bus. He was it was like twelve. Like he stayed plenty long enough. Um, yes. But he, he he just didn't stay till close. So he's leaving before it closes, or whatever. And he's like saying goodbye to me. And he's like, hey man, um, me and Steve are going to get wings tomorrow. Uh, do you want to come with us? We're going to go early. And I was like, yeah, dude, that sounds good. And then as soon as he left, I thought about it. I was like, I can honestly say that I've never gotten wings in my life. That like the fr I've never used the phrase, let's go get wings. Mm -hmm. I just go to restaurants and then I'm like, ooh, wings look good. I'm going to get, they got a special on wings. I guess I'll get wings. 
Big Cat, I'm not going to shame these guys, but Big Cat and Stanford Steve, let's just say, are uh, larger than I am. They 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 know their way. They know their way through a plate of wings. Mm-hmm. Unlike they're more experienced with that than I am. So I started thinking about. It, I was like, when those guys say they're going to get wings, that's a completely different experience than my idea of going to get wings. And I started to get really scared. And then um, I I just started distancing myself from Steve. And I will, I will say, I mean, I believe, <laughs> I believe in things incepting in your head. We were sitting next to a congealed uh, plate of Buffalo wings from Hooters all oh, yeah, weekend. That was just sitting next to us, frothing into our face uh, at every single turn. So <laughs> maybe, I feel like, maybe you're turned off by wings. In that I, I did not go get wings with those guys, but I feel like for me, uh, when I eat chicken wings, I eat chicken wings cause I'm hungry and I want to eat chicken and then it goes in my belly and then I'm not hungry anymore. And that's pretty much all the thought mm-hmm. I get into it. I feel like those guys are different classes of animal who are like, when they're eating wings, it's well, like it's a, a competition. It's like right? a fucking they're competition. Eating, yeah, it's like a challenge. Eating. And they're like, they're rubbing their hands as the wings come out. Like well, that's it's one of those things where you can tell they're like, you look, look at all that meat on that bone. You know, like that's how they're like, and then like the guy's like going back to like empty carcasses of meat to then eat like, you know. Basically, cartilage yeah. from a chicken, and for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, dude, it was it, it was it's been a great week here in Minneapolis. This is this has been my favorite Final Four by far. I think all the stars kind of aligned of of everything I wanted. We had the Big Ten team. We had three teams that had never really been here before. Yeah, or they certainly never won a title before. But as you said, never been to a final for two of them. Auburn and Texas Tech never been to a Final Four. Virginia never been to a Final Four in the modern era um, since 1985. So all that coming together, Virginia winning, um, the, the 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 Virginia fans like accepting us as their own, and mm-hmm. and just how how I I didn't I was at Sneaky Pete's last night, didn't pay for a drink all night. Um, maybe you were buying them. Were you buying? You weren't buying them, right? No, I, most people came <laughs> to me and they were like, "Hey, how's it going, man? Where's Mark?" And then I go, "He's right over there, right there." Point at him. We and lost, then, and then I'm like, "Also, big cat's right there." Also, big cat. And he's yeah. staring at me. He's like, "You better tell him right here." Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of fun though, man. People were so nice, and uh, yeah, I saw I Big Cat yeah. at one point. He turns, he 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 covers his mouth, and he goes, "Hey, everybody, it's Big Cat." And then he looks back up, and he's like, "Who said that?" <laughs> Keller, your your boy Keller, who's a person that I really enjoy, because um, he is basically dildo baggins in reality. Uh, he is the troll. Like if you think that I don't understand the world of trolls, trust me, I have trolled. I used to be Keller's a troll. First, Keller is the king of the trolls. His first foray onto the internet was creating a fake. There's a there's a website called Yard Barker. It was a yes, blogging website yes. like way back in the day. No six. Pete Basilica was one of my first bosses that I had who started Yard Barker. Okay, yes. so Keller creates a fake uh, Kevin Durant. This is before verified accounts existed. He's, yes. the, he's the reason verified accounts <laughs> exist because he created a Kevin Durant. Greg, Greg Oden was, they had him writing blogs on Yard Barker yes. when he was about to get into the draft. So Keller creates a fake Durant account and starts blogging on Yard Barker as Kevin Durant. And he's just like the most obnoxious guy that's like talking about going to strip clubs to get titties in his face. And like he just wants... And he's going on and on. And uh, at one point, um, Kevin Durant gets asked about it in the lead up to the draft. He gets asked about like his blog thing. So that's a little background. Okay, that was that was Keller's first foray into. Uh, and I don't even trolling. think that would even do the justice of what Keller is because this is a perfect example. I would get hounded by some people last night, you know, as, as they're talking and yada yada yada, throwing some stuff in my face. And Keller would walk up and be like, Tate, what was your favorite poster that you took to Bill Simmons? <laughs> You know what I mean? He would come in the crowd, ask his questions, and then people would actually tune in and listen. It was beautiful. Uh, A lot of fun. Um, I lost my voice very, very early in the night. So if if I was, I'm losing it right now. If I wasn't able to talk or uh, yell about something that, uh, you know, we weren't, uh, I don't, I don't even know what I'm saying right now because I'm losing my voice. But basically, like, basically, if we talked to you and we didn't really talk to you while we were talking to you, we just know that I, I, I only had a certain amount of words left. Right. You know what I mean? I was picking and choosing well, my spots. I think we have a certain amount of words left. I think we've hit our quota. We can wrap this up. Um, but I, I just want to put a bow on everything and say, uh, first of all, thank you to Minnesota, the city of Minneapolis. Yes, um, I loved it. This Tate, time you around, Tate over. I, 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 in the words of uh, what did Cam Newton say that time was the best? He's like, I did a full three sixty. <laughs> it was a one eighty. You meant a one eighty. It was Cam, a one. That's okay. Yeah. Um, w- fantastic time at the Final Four. We had we had an absolute blast. This is a week I will remember for the rest of my life. From the judge, you know, the dunk contest to the three on three event, we had so much fun doing yeah, that. Shout out to all the fans we got to talk to. Um, I, I kind of got emotional on the last podcast, thinking all you guys that listen and stick around with us. Um, 
And I'm going to do it again because honestly, like to, to see you guys in person, face to face, we had a, we had a 15 year old come to this party. We, we forgot to tell this story. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. We had a 15 year old get into Sneaky Pete's. His mom brought him to the party because he loves OSP. He's from Canada. Mm-hmm. He crosses the border, comes to Sneaky Pete's. I, I, like getting into Sneaky Pete's is like a harder border to cross. I imagine for a 15 year old. We barely got in. So yeah. We we barely, I can yeah, only imagine exactly. how hard it was for this guy to get in. Uh, he's got two big X's on his hands. Um, and he just wanted to meet us. And I, I say that because like that kind of stuff, we, I, I don't know, man, like we don't do this for, for, for money or fame or any of that shit. We just like, we just like to talk about college basketball and we, mm. we and there's so, so often we just, we're just sitting, it's just you and I in a room and we're just talking to microphones. We're like, is anybody actually listening to this shit? Who cares? A lot of times um, it's you sitting in a room by yourself, yeah. me sitting in a room by myself talking to microphones. So like being out in public and like seeing people and, and, and hearing people tell their stories about how like you cost me money because you said this team was good and Tate, mm-hmm. you're an idiot and you know nothing like that just warms my heart to, to, <laughs> to, to, to meet you guys. So uh, it, it means the world to us uh, that you guys continue to listen all season um, and, and support us um, because if it wasn't for you, I'm not sure what the hell we'd be doing. I'm sure there's going to be a day where, where they come in and they're and like, you know why that 15 year old kid drove down and did this, right? What was that? Cause he, he, as he was walking out. So like I had talked to his mom, I talked to his little brother I'm like, this is a good man. Listen to your older brother. He's obviously, if he wants something, he makes it happen. He goes, well, I actually came here to say LeBron's better than Jordan. And he walks <laughs> out. I was like, you little shit. <laughs> and, then, and then he pulls his mask off and it's Keller. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Underneath. And, yes, yes. And I've been officially trolled. Um, so yeah, I, I want to thank everyone, man. Like if, if we ran into you, if you tweeted us, and, and those of you who we didn't meet, those of you that have been listening to us all season, this was, I, I will be honest, I, I didn't think this season of college basketball was particularly as entertaining as it usually is. Mm-hmm. I felt like that's kind of why we talked a lot about Zion on this podcast. Like it was kind of hard not to. It was what, what is going on um, that's super interesting. It was like we knew Virginia was good, but it, the story with Virginia was always about the postseason. It was, you know, so even as Virginia was winning the ACC, it was like, I mean, we could talk about them when we did with the Kyle Guy segments, but um, we're really just waiting for this redemption story to happen. So uh, college basketball was was not the most entertaining thing on earth. We get that. But the fact that, like, so many of you stuck around and just wanted to hear us riff and bullshit on it, um, it really does mean the world to us. So thank you so much. Uh, and before we go, congratulations to the Virginia Cavaliers, all you guys, all the fans, everyone. I'm I'm so so happy. I'm just I'm very very happy. I've never been this happy about an outcome of a sporting event that I have no vested interest in. Tate, um, that's that's really all I'll say. Jerome's in the house. Watch your mouth. They did it. <laughs> the Wahoos. Congratulations. UVA. God's plan. Um, I am going to Charlottesville though. That is that is a thing that's definitely happening. I had at least fifty people in the last twenty four hours say, "If we win, you must go to Charlottesville." Then you made the, a lot of promises. As buzzer, I was standing by, I was like, "My goodness." The Mark buzzer Tires. sounded, and uh, even as I was walking out of the stadium, I had like three or four different people like, "See you in Charlottesville. You got to go." And mm-hmm. um, I'm definitely going. So it's it's it, it's my understanding that the parade is happening on or the big celebrations on Saturday. Uh, so I will be flying in on Saturday morning. And, uh, if you have a play, if, if you have a couch that I can crash on, um, please, by all means, open your home to me because we don't have a couch. We have, uh, we have a guest house that you can, yeah, stay yeah, in. Right, right. you can stay, <laughs> you can stay in my other house. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, I'll see you guys in Charlottesville. Congratulations, Virginia. Congratulations to Texas tech as well, man. That, yes. it, you don't want to hear it now. I'm not sure how many fans are actually listening to this, but, um, You'll remember this forever, and it was a great run. And this is a program, Tate, that hired Bob Knight, hired Pat Knight. Bob Knight was a retread. Then you hire Pat Knight, Bob Knight's son. That didn't work out. You're hiring Tubby Smith. You're hiring Billy Gillespie. I mean, all these coaches that they're just they're throwing everything against the wall, hoping something sticks. And then you finally land Chris Beard, and and for him to do this in this short a time, for him to they go to the lead eight last year, lose all those guys, and then they bring in the grad transfers, Mooney and Owens. Um, but I don't know. Just, just it, 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 You don't want to hear it because you just lost a national championship in heartbreaking fashion. But um, this was an awesome season. You'll remember it forever, and this will, this will be a positive. Congratulations life, to both programs being in the moment and living up to it and playing a great brand of basketball and basically becoming two programs that you know keep an eye on them. Keep an eye on them, folks. And uh, I don't want to. I don't want to make it too awkward. But Tony Bennett. Did not say no to UCLA job. Oh, no, don't do this. Conference, so. Don't do this now. You have to go to Charlottesville. I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm a little <laughs> worried. If he doesn't say it Saturday, maybe he's saving it for Saturday. 
Coach know. K to the Lakers. Let's figure it out. <laughs> um, we are going to be back though uh, next week. So or this week. It, it this 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 Thursday. We got to plug the Duffy State. Mm. We are having the Duffy Awards. If you're new, if you're new to One Shining Podcast, this is our awards show that we do after every season. Uh, it is coming on, I believe, Friday. I think we're recording it Thursday, and we'll yes. release it on Friday uh, before I head to Charlottesville. Um, so yeah, get excited for that. And I just want to say, I'm going to tease it. We have some special guests. We are going to have some special guests on the Duffy, so mm. you will not want to miss that. If you've been listening to One Shining Podcast all season, I promise you, you will want to listen to the Duffies. So uh, thank you guys for an incredible season. We we had an absolute blast. This is, this is the most fun I've ever had in my life professionally is doing this podcast and meeting people and, and reading people's tweets and just seeing like things that people are getting excited about that, that we're talking about. So um, it means the world to me. Tate, what else you got before we go? We appreciate all the listeners. And I want to shout out one more man, a man by the name of Devontae Kaycock. If you've been listening to the T-Dub since the T-Dub days, um, you know this man. The CAA won the three-on-three tournament that we hosted. They did. Devontae Kaycock was a pivotal person, uh, a pivotal player in the whole run for them. He's a great guy. It was great to be around him and see him thrive. Justin Wright Foreman from Hofstra was amazing. Your dad, Bill Titus, said that you reminded him of Michael Conley. Yeah, which Junior, is which is high praise. Yeah. Which is high praise. Which is just, um, which means he was just left-handed. He was left-handed, and you know he crafty, very crafty. Yeah. Um, but I just want to say, uh, shout out to the CAA. Shout out to the whole three-on-three event. It was great to be in Minneapolis. It was great to be there and to be on TV, to be on ESPN, to do the dunk contest, to have actual people be in front of us mm-hmm. and have an audience. And uh, thanks for listening to us because. At the end of the day, this is just two guys who love college basketball, and we get to talk about it in microphones. We would probably still do the podcast if no one listened, but uh, it makes it more fun that people do listen. So uh, thank you so much, and and thank you to the sport of college basketball. I love it so much. I I, I really, really do. I, I This is the most emotional I've been in a long time watching this sport, but um, God damn, do I Say it one it. more time before we leave. God's plan. God's plan. I hold back sometimes I won't. I feel good sometimes I don't. Hey, no. I finesse down Western Road. Hey, yes. Might go down to GOD. Yeah, wait. I go hard on Southside G. Yeah, wait. I make sure that Northside E. And still. <laughs>